Today we're going to examine, now by the way, not every message I preach do I think that it's for everybody in the congregation. But this today, this message is for every single person here and those that are listening by podcast. I really believe that this message is for everybody. And it's really, we're going to examine the effects of the Word of God on our everyday life and on different groups of people. Last week we talked about we talked about hearing the invisible God, and we talked about how that Moses and you all know the story of Moses. Whenever he was he was out there tending flock in his um, in his Jethro, his father-in-law's sheep, and he was he was out there just minding his own business. And then there was this there, there was this bush that was burning, but it was not consumed, and so he turned aside to see that sight. And so when he did, and he got up there. He, God said, he spoke out, he said, Moses, Moses, I am the God of your fathers, and I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I want you to go down to Egypt and set my people free. And so this is the voice that came out of the burning bush. He says, I'm going to bring you up out of the land of your affliction and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And we preached about that. And he said, I'm going to bring you to the land that I promised you. And when they got to Kadesh Barnea, after they crossed the Red Sea, there was about 11, it was about 11 day trip to get to Kadesh Barnea. That was the southernmost part of Israel. And so whenever they got there, he said, well, send out 10 spy, 12 spies. And so they sent out 12 spies to go in and spy out the land. And he said this, he says, see what the land was like and whether the people are strong or weak and whether they're few or many, see if the land is good or bad. See if the cities are like strongholds or are they like camps. And see if the land is rich or poor, and are there any forests there? And be of good courage and bring back some of the fruit of the land so the people could get a visual of what was in the land. But whenever the the ten spies came back and they said, it's a good land. It is a land that's flowing with milk and honey. But nevertheless, however, and those are three words that will absolutely jeopardize your life. If you allow what you see to make you conclude that it's not God's will for you to go in and possess the land, that's going to be damaging to you. So every one of us, we've got to recognize, we, we, we don't live by sight, we live by faith. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, it's evidence of things not seen. So this is why that they, they drew a conclusion uh, that the, the land, the, the sons of Anak were there, the walled cities, they're giants in the land, and, and we really cannot really take it. But then Caleb's quiet. He said, everybody be quiet. We can take the land. We are here. Let's do what we came for. And so, so he said, let's go in right now and take it. We can do it. And Caleb said the same thing. So Caleb and Joshua are the only two that really entered in and took the land. And the ten that you cannot, not a one of you probably out there right now can name you one of the spies, one of those ten negative spies who gave a bad report, you can't name their names. But Caleb and Joshua, you know their names because they came back with a positive report. So I'm going to build on that message today. And, um, and basically, I, I just want you to know how important the Word of God is. Whenever you get into the Word of God, this is a used Bible. I'm telling you, I've got it marked up from cover to cover. But I, t- I get into the Word, and I-, I listen to what the Word, and the Holy Spirit will speak to you through the Word. And if you just want to say, well, Pastor, I just want to just open the Word and point to a Scripture, hey, lots of luck. Because if you open the Scripture and said it came to perhaps where, where it said, and Judas went out and hung himself, then you open to another place, do thou likewise, you're liable to end up in the wrong place. So you don't want to do that, Amen. 
So start out with Matthew 24, 34 through 35. He says, now learn a parable. Now this is talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ, which in my opinion, we are real close to the second coming of Jesus. I mean, it's, it's any day we could hear the trumpet sound. You say, well, pastor, it's been that way for hundreds of hundreds of years. It has, but we've never seen our, not only our society, our culture, our nation, our world crumble like it's been crumbling now. But so, so he says, when you hear this, I see the parable of the fig tree, when its branches have already become tender and puts forth their leaves, then you know that summer is nigh. So also, when you see all these things, know that it is near, even at the door. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away until all of these things will take place. Then he says this. Now, this is where I want to zero in. Heaven and earth is going to pass away but my words will by no means ever pass away. So in other words, we're talking about perhaps the only thing that really abides forever in our individual lives are the words that we put into our lives as we read the Word. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet, it's a light unto my path. And it also says in Romans, he says, he says, the Word is near you. Where is it? even in your mouth and in your heart. So it's a very important thing that we all begin to speak, not what we think and not what we want, but we begin to speak what the Word of God says about you. And you know what the Word of God says about you? He says, you're not condemned. You're not, you're not guilty. I paid the price. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Can you say amen to that? So this is why we've got to, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is why that every one of us, we've got to, if you don't know that, the Word says that, and you can do that, then you probably will not do it, and you won't say it. Because you've got to recognize that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So the Word of God is not only directional, it's functional, and it's instructional to help us arrive at our ultimate destination. So I closed last week with a, with a passage in, in 107, and I'm going to pick that up in 107 today. God sent his word, his word. He sent his word and healed them. So we'll look at that today. So the entire chapter of, of, of Psalms 107 was directed at four groups of people, and each group, each group, every group, and I'll cover those in just a minute, they cried out to God in their distress and the Bible says, and God heard them and delivered them. So I, I just thank God. Now, Curtis, I, where are you, Curtis? Curtis, did you tell me that Psalms 57, 2 says, I will cry out to God the Most High who performs all things for me. Was that your scripture? Okay, I wrote that one down too. Okay, I'll, the, Psalms 56, 9, whom I cry out to you, um, my enemies will turn back. This I know because God is for me. I want everybody to say, I want you to know this. Say, now whether you believe it or not, say, God is for me. And if God be for me, who can be against me? And folks, that's the way it is because the Word of God is in your heart, it's in your mouth, but you've got to speak it, you've got to, it's got to be activated, it's got to be energized in order for it to be effective, amen? So here's the first group of people, they're lonely people, <clears throat> they're lonely people. The Bible says in verse 4, they wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way, looking for probably acceptance, 
because they've been rejected. They were looking for a place to fit. Isn't everybody looking for a place to fit? But because of a baggage of our past, we say, hey, they, don't want, they won't want me there. I just want you to know, I don't care what baggage you're carrying, God wants you here. And you're here today for a reason. And so I don't care what the past was in your life, I want you to know God says, this is the place for you. And I want every one of us to accept people, because we're going to get a lot of people in here that don't look like us. And so we, and they don't act like us. They don't even talk like us. But you know what? It doesn't matter. Let's love them anyway. Amen? So they found no city to dwell in. Their soul fainted in them, and they are a desperate and a lonely group. They were isolated and separated. And now verse 6 is where they, and they cried out to God. Now this, make this application to your life. They cried out to God in their trouble. And this is why you said, well, you can be assured that if you cry out to God, and there is a power in crying out. In Psalms 57, 2, I cried out to the God, to the Most High, who performs all things for me. And, and Curtis's favorite scripture, 56, 9, now I cried out to you, my enemies will turn back. This I know because God is for me. And so whenever they cried out to God in their trouble, he delivered them out of their distresses. And he, he, it's an ongoing situation, and he led them forth by the right way. You say, well, what is the right way? Listen carefully. The right way is the highway. And you say, why is the highway the highway? Because it's a higher way of looking at life. It's a higher way of living. Amen? And so all of us at times must change direction to get to our desired location. If you're satisfied with where you are right now, don't do anything different. But if you want to grow, you want, you want to know more about God, you want to know more about His will, you want, to, you want to be ready when the trumpet sounds, then you got to get into the Word, congregation. The Word is a must because this is where it says, now listen to this. It says, God, in Isaiah 35, 7 and 8, God will create a new environment for this group of people. God will change thirsty lands into springs of water. And the Bible says in verse 8, and a highway shall be there and a road. Now, I've never seen that before. I've, re- I've just read about the highway of holiness. But it says, and a road. Now, this road, the Holy Spirit just showed to me, this road is like a gravel road. You get a rocky start, but it leads you. If you will stay on the road, you will eventually get to the highway. Now, when you get to the highway, this is so important. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture right here. He says, but keep going because there's a highway called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be there for the others. Now, who are the others? The righteous and the redeemed. That's who it's going to be there for. Those that have been born again, that's received Jesus into their lives and received the Holy Spirit. Now, look at this. I love this so good. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. (laughs) Don't you like that? There's no exit ramp. You can't get off. (laughs) I love that. Once you commit your life to God, you say, well, do I, have to do, do I have to do anything else other than just, yeah, you got to read the Word, you got to apply the Word, you got to take the Word in your heart, digest it, and apply it to your life. So this is, but the, so, but the redeemed shall walk there. So this first group, this lonely, they cried out to the God in their loneliness, and God heard them and delivered and brought them out to a highway 
a highway of holiness. Now the second group are those who were bound in confinement. They were locked up. Verse 10, they were bound in afflictions and irons. And the afflictions are really, it can be addictions, depression, misery, trouble, and it can be bondages of all types, addictions of all types, and poverty. So it can be all of those. I was bound in poverty in my life for a long time because I was from Donovan and I thought I'd never get out of Donovan. So I decided I was going to go to McDonnell Douglas and go to work there. And so I did. And folks, I hated that job like no ever the job I've ever had done in my life. Got paid more, but I hated it. Because I had a scholarship to go to college, but I, a basketball scholarship, but I said, I'm not even college material. I graduated in the top 1% of the bottom half. So I, I didn't really think I was that smart, but whenever I finally got to realize, hey, I am smart. Not that I'm intellectually smart, but I learned how to study because my, time, my whole time, my time in, in high school, the first 17 years of my life, I just loved playing ball. I didn't, I didn't really care about studying. I didn't care about reading. I even made up book reports. And, and I remember Mrs. Hill, or Miss Hill, she wasn't married. She said, well, Jerry, what book did you read? And I told her, I made up the name of that. And I made up the report. She says, I've never heard of it. Could you bring it to school? I said, no, I really can't. <laughs> I, I can't find it. <laughs> She said, you made it up, didn't you? I said, yes, ma'am, I did. <laughs> but these people who were bound in the afflictions and the, the uh, depression and misery and doubt and all, they rebelled because they rebelled against the Word of God. They despised the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, He brought, them down, brought their hearts down with labor, toil and weariness and worry and perverseness and sorrow and wearisomeness. There was none to help, the Bible says. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Verse 14, here's the solution. And he brought them out of their darkness and their shadows of death, and he broke the chains that bound them. Hallelujah. And he comes to bind up the brokenhearted. And everyone in here at some point in time, I had so many heartaches because I broke up with so many girls during my first four years in high school. And thank God I did. If you would have seen them at my class reunion, you would have said, oh God, Jerry, I'm so glad you married Linda. <laughs> but thank God, he, you know, you go through, I remember I was so depressed for about a week after I broke up with my first girlfriend. Anybody remember that? Everybody, you can, you, you can say yes. You, you don't have to say it's been your girlfriend. It could be whatever. But, there's, but, but God came to bind up the brokenhearted. I heard the preacher preach that one time. Then he came to bind up the brokenhearted. I said, well, wow. Again, I got saved a hundred times. during the, But I came, I came down to the altar to get bound up. And God bound me up. And, so, and it really means when he comes to bind up the broken heart, it means to stitch it one stitch at a time. It doesn't mean just, boom, it's a miracle. But it's a stitching it up. Stitch up your heart until it's a whole heart. So he brought them out of their darkness and their shadows of death and broke their chains and pieces. Oh, that men would give thanks to God for his goodness. God, folks, God is a good God. He loves you. He's for you. He lives in you. And he wants you to know that he's with you. He will never forsake you. He will never, never leave you. Can you say amen to that? 
A third group of people were fools because of their transgressions and their iniquities. Verse 17, they were afflicted and their soul abhorred all manner of food. And they drew near the gates of death. They drew near the gates of death. And then they cried out to the Lord in their distress. Now look at this. The next one, God sent his word to heal them. God sent his word. Now you say, well, did he send up? The word wasn't even written back then. That's true. But there's two words for the word word, logos and rhema. And this was the word logos right here. God sent his word, the general understood spoken word of God. Rhema is whenever the Holy Spirit brings a scripture to your, to your memory or to your heart, and he, he, just, he really speaks that to you. And so this is why you and I, we've got to have the logos. This is, this is, we do have that today, the general understood written word of God. But at the time, God sent his word to heal. Now you said, well, Pontius, who is the word? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And to as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become sons of God. Now, if you're sons of God and you are created in his likeness, don't you think you can do all things through Christ? Amen. you got to recognize, though, his divine DNA lives in your body. Because it's his very nature that comes to your life. So I just want you to realize you are created in the image of God. And so don't allow the devil to destroy your image. Amen. So God sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Oh, that men, oh, that men, every time in these four groups, oh, that men would uh, give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. So the, the, hey, everybody look, pay attention right now. The word is like medicine. If you, go, if you go down to the drugstore and you buy the medicine for whatever they prescribed it for, and you bring it home and you just put it in the medicine cabinet and you never take it, do you think it's going to do you any good? No. So, likewise, I'm preaching this. This is why I think it's for everybody. But if you don't take the Word and you don't eat it and you don't digest it and you don't try to understand it, then I'm telling you it's not going to do you any good. This message, you might as well close up shop, just go, on, go home. Because it won't do you any good if you don't use the word. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. Now, this fourth group of people, they're workaholics. And there's several of you I know in here this doesn't apply to, so. But there's others that do. <laughs> I told my brother, I was sharing this with my brother-in-law. I said, now, Roger, I know this doesn't apply to you, so, so you can just ignore this one. It's, now, look at this. This is this workaholics, those who go down to the sea in ships, who do businesses on great waters. Now, there's some risks to be taken whenever you go into business. You, you, there's a lot of risks to be taken. And Perhaps they didn't have time for God. They just kept working and working and working and working. And so, and the Bible says, and they see the works of the Lord, his wonders in the deep. And then all of a sudden, here comes a storm and the waves of the sea on which they do business. It's like the stock market. It's up and it's down. And then you lose money, you make money. And then not, but they don't just have any time for God. They're so busy making money. Folks, I'm just telling you, the love of money is a root of all evil. So you want to make sure that you're not just you're trying not just trying to make money. God will deliver you out of poverty, and He will show you what business to get into. But you've got to you've got to pay attention to the Word of God here. Psalm six, uh, Proverbs sixteen is one that you really need to read and heed. But anyhow, I won't. I'm not going to go into that. 
So the, the waves mount up as, the, as into the heaven, and, the, and then it goes down to the depths. They reel to, uh, reel to and fro like a drunken man, and they are at their wits' end. Quite frankly, many times in businesses that I've been involved with, there's been times that we've been at our wits' end. We don't know what to do. We don't know which direction to go. We don't know what, you know, even where to go to get the money. But you know what? God has always led us and he's guided us. And sooner or later, you're going to come to your wit's end and realize that something must change because if you keep doing the same old thing, the same old way, and expecting different results, you are a nut. Right? Then they cried out to the Lord in the troubles, and he, br- he brings them out of their distresses. Look at this. He calms the storm, and they are glad because they are quiet. So he guides them to their desired destination. Oh, that men would give thanks to God. God brings you through great troubles and great sorrows and sometimes through deep waters. Some through the waters, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. God wants you to know he's guiding you. He's got your life in the center of his hand. <clears throat> now, I want to turn, turn my attention. It's the same subject, but I'm going to turn my attention to, the, to the, uh, Luke chapter 8. It's the parable of the seed and the sower. Luke chapter 8, verse 11, it, it says this very plainly. The seed is the word. So when we're talking about the seed now, and by the way, what I'm doing now, I'm planting seed in your life. And some people here will not hear because they will not hear because they're not here. Others will hear, they're here, they're hearing, but their mind is somewhere else. So therefore, there are others that are here and they hear the seed, they hear the word, they will eat it, they will digest it, they will apply it to their lives and it will bring about a tremendous harvest in their life. So the, the Bible says the seed is the word. Now, the soil is a very important thing, too. You've got to, and we all have these four different types of soil in our lives. And you'll go through seasons of your life where you're just, you, I mean, you may hear the word, you may turn on the radio and hear somebody preaching or teaching, but it doesn't, it's really by the wayside. So this is, this is the first seed, it's, this is a very important. Those who hear this, the seed that fell by the wayside, there's four types of soil here. Not only four groups of people, but four types of soil. So the seed that fell by the wayside are those who hear and the devil comes and takes away the word out of their heart lest they should believe and be saved. So the Word has got to take root in your life somewhere. Now, how does it take root in your life? By you begin to repeat, the Word of God is my source. God is my source. And you begin to repeat it. You begin to live by it. You take it to heart. And then the, so, and then the, the, the second uh, soil that fell on is the rocky soil. Those who hear and they receive the Word with joy, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but then whenever temptation comes, they fall away. And quite frankly, everybody, listen carefully. Temptation is going to come to every one of us. And so you're going to have to, to recognize how to deal with it. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. I mean, just make your mind up, no, I'm not doing that. So the rocky soil is those that hear and receive the word with joy because they have no root. They believe for a while and then when temptation comes, that it, they fall away. Then there's the seed that fell among thorns, and these are those who hear the word, and they go out, 
but they are choked with the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life. It's like that I, I bought a bunch of plants, tomato plants, and and I thought, and, and this guy was telling me out there where we bought these, he said, now this, these black tomatoes are really good. He says, they are the best tasting tomatoes. And so I planted those things and I have been, that, that plant is probably that tall. And, but there's no tomatoes on it. And I planted some in Sarah's garden and, uh, and she's got tomatoes on it, but they're real little. So you know what? You've got... You, you, the Bible says they fell among thorns, and those are those who go out and they're choked with the cares, the witches, uh, riches, and the pleasures of this life, and no fruit comes to maturity. I am still looking for a black tomato on my plant, but it never came to maturity. And there's a lot of things in our life that doesn't come to maturity, and they die. They die with the seed in them. They die with the possibility of that seed germinating. But you know, it's, the seed has got to have the soil in order for it to, and it's also got to have the water and the sunlight. But if you, if, you, if you don't get the seed out of the barn and get it planted in the soil, it's not going to grow. So therefore, you've got to get the seed out of the Word, put it in your heart, and then begin to apply the Word of God in order for this to grow and for it to, to bear fruit in your life and, take, and come to maturity. The fourth type of soil is the good soil. Those who heard the word with a noble and a good heart. I don't like the rest of this. But they keep the seed or the word and they bear fruit, listen carefully, with patience. With patience. In other words, it takes time. There is seed, time, and harvest. You've got to have some patience. Hello? Tell the one right next to you, you got to have a little more patience what you got. <laughs> Lynn, you need to be patient with your husband, okay? Well, it didn't say that, did it? So we all have four different types of soil in our life, and we choose where and what type of soil that we want that seed to fall into. The seed only bears fruit, listen carefully, in good soil. Now, here's another analogy of the seed and the word in Isaiah 55, 8. And this is what God says. Now, God says, my thoughts, now, I want him, his thoughts to be my thoughts. And so this is my prayer. I want his ways to be my ways. But he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. So you've got, I'm not going to come down here and align my thoughts to yours, but you're going to have to align your thoughts and your ways with mine. So he says, so my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not return there, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud, that it, look at this, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So you've got to do, you don't want to eat the seed, okay? Because he, he says, I give two things. I give seed to the sower. You say, well, how does that work, Pastor? Sometimes God will plant money in your life, and he wants you to plant it in somebody else's life. But if you go spend it on your desires and your wishes and whatever you want to do with it, then that's, you're, you're eating the seed. But the Bible says, give, and it shall be given unto you. How? Good measure, pressed together, shaken together, running over, will God give back to you? Or will others give, not God, but others will give back to you? So it's a very important thing to learn how to be generous with your monies, because that is a seed. Money is a seed that's been given to you to sow. 
And so I just, I really have come to a point, there's a lawyer in town who's now dead, but he said, he said, Jerry, he says, every time we go out to eat, don't you, I offer to pay for the meal. He said, don't you ever offer to pay for this meal again. I said, you got it. Because he was sowing seed. And he was, so this is where you and I, we've got to recognize that God wants to not only give, he wants to give bread to the eater, but he wants to give seed to the sower. Now look at this. So shall my word, my seed that goes forth out of my mouth, look at this. It shall not return to me void, but it will accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Now, if God said that, heaven and earth is going to pass away, but his words will never, said that, will never pass away. If he said that, you can better believe that it's go- the word of God is going to accomplish what he pleases in your life, and it's going to prosper in the things for which he sent it. So I conclude that accomplishment and prosperity comes from the word. The word works, but it's like medicine. If you don't take it, it's not going to do you any good. One time, whenever I'd had a stroke, I'd had a, um, <clears throat> I went, uh, I had a, an emotional imbalance for a little while, and and uh, I, I really had a, I was at, we were, Linda, we were all in the kitchen there one time, and, and I couldn't get the junk. Everybody's got a junk drawer, right? I couldn't get this junk drawer open. And I just about three weeks after I'd had the stroke, and I pulled on it, pulled on it. Finally, I, I said, okay, that drawer is all going to open. So I pulled it out, and everything went in the floor, and Sarah started crying, and Linda started, what are you doing? You know, and so I was, so I had to, I went to the doc. She said, you need to go to the doctor. Well, I've got two stories going here. She said, I went to the doctor. I went to a psychiatrist. She said, you got problems, Jerry. You've got mental problems. I said, well, I had a stroke, Linda. And so whenever I, I went there and I had, had I went to the doctor and I came back and I said I said she said what did he say I said he said I'm okay. She said you need to get a second opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't do that, but I, I did I did take some medication for for about a week, and this was such a mood altering drug that I said I'm not taking that anymore. So, do you think that drug ever did me any good? No. But thank God it didn't continue. I got drugged up on the Word of God. You know, and this is what really matters. So, the, all I'm saying is the Word works. Now, look at this. Well, Ephesians 5, before I get into the Word works, Ephesians 5, 25 and 26, it's talking about husbands Love your wives as the Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify her, how? By the washing of water by the word. So this word will cleanse your marriage. This word will help you in your marriage. And this is your responsibility, husbands, to apply the word to your marriage. Amen? So, and the Bible says, yeah, husbands love your wives, but wives, you need to love your husbands too. Amen? I didn't hear an amen on that. Okay. Now, this passage that I'm about ready to read, Mark 16, verses 19 and 20. Now, so then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and he sat down at the right hand of God. So this is right after the ascension of Jesus Christ. 
And the Bible says, and then verse 20, and they went out. Who's they? The disciples went out and they preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. Now, the Lord's already ascended in heaven. He's at the right hand of the Father. But the Lord is down here through the avenue of the Holy Spirit working with them, confirming the word through accompanying signs. Confirming the word through accompanying signs. Now, Again, the, confirming the word. Now, you say, well, Pastor, what is the word? We used to have, remember that song, the, the word is the bird or the bird is the word or something? <laughs> A long time ago. <laughs> well, that's not it, okay? Hebrews 12, 4, or 4.12 says, for the word of God, look at this, is living and breathing. It's the ability to enjoy real life. It has vital power within itself. It exerts the same power upon the soul, and it means to be full. So the Word is living, and it's active, it's effectual, it's powerful in your life. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And whatever, that word sharper, it means you have the ability to comprehend more and be more decisive with just, than just with just a single sword. You can cut this thing going and coming. This is the word that we're talking about right here. And it's piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow and is an articulation of the body and it keeps the joint and the marrow well fed. And so this is why you and I, we've got to recognize it's also a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So this, the word of God discerns your intentions. The word of God in, discerns your thoughts. The Word of God brings health to your body. God sent His Word and healed them. I'm just telling you, this is why this Word is for everybody. This is to be not only heard and received and, and digested, it's to be applied in every area of your life. I'm telling you what, that's good preaching, okay? Is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents. Because you know what? The battle, the devil is out for the battle of the mind. He wants, and your mind is going to go through many thoughts, but you have to bring in captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And this is where it's very important, important, you know, because not every thought is going to be in connection with God. It's not going to be in alignment to the Word, so we've got to do that. So, you know, this, let me give you an example of this. A person can tell themselves a lie for so long that they believe the lie. Now, what happens if you begin to tell yourself the truth? It takes lesser time to believe the truth than it does a lie. So if you begin to tell yourself, hey, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He is health to my body. He is health to my bones. He is health to my life. And he's going to guide me and direct me to my desired location, destination rather. So the Word has to do with your mental health. It has to do with your physical health. The Word keeps your mental and physical and spiritual being in harmony and in sync with each other and with others and God. I got one other scripture. The Word causes growth. There are some things that aren't, you aren't going to be delivered from. You're going to have to grow out of. And uh, 
And sometimes there are personality traits within your own life because you don't know how you developed all your personality traits. It has a lot to do with your upbringing, the environment. It has to do with your families. But this is where many times you're not going to be delivered out of those things. You have to grow out of those things. And the Bible says in 1 Peter 2.2, 2, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious and the Lord is good. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Musicians, come on back up just for a second. I don't know what, what song to sing, but I want us to all stand right now, including me. There's eight affirmations that I want to give to you. And I want you to repeat those, and don't repeat those with just a whisper. I want you to repeat those with with just authority. Boy, it's good to stand, isn't it? Oh, give thanks. What's that song about giving thanks that we, that we sing? Give thanks with a thankful heart. That's what it is. Bobby, you, you help on that one. It's giving thanks, but this is what I want you to give thanks to God for. Now, I want you to say this with, 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 with authority in your voice. I recognize the Word of God is eternal and it will never pass away. Do you believe that? Yes or no? Okay. I recognize the Word of God is so powerful it can heal me. Number three, I confess the Word that can change the direction of my life. I confess the Word that can change the direction of my life. The Word can change my situation in life. The word could change my situation. Three more, or four more. I recognize it's my responsibility, my responsibility to get the seed or the word into the proper soil. That's good soil. I do not say that. I mean, I, I was just. Okay, number six. I will look for and expect a harvest in my life. In my life. From the seed that's been sown. That means you're going to put into practice the word that I preach today. Amen? That's what it means. Number seven, God sent his word to bring healing and restoration to my life. Every one of you, God is wanting to restore. Restore back to what? Back to his original intention. And that is to be like him. Hallelujah. So I'm going out of here with the word in me. Because the word works. 